So when I was a, a kid, uh, the first time I can remember going up on the roof of a tall building, my brain was like, oh, you could just run and jump <laughs> right, up, right off this thing. And like, honestly, like I, I felt like I didn't want to get that close to the edge because I didn't know if I could trust myself. Wow. Isn't that weird? That explains a lot about your brain. <laughs> and I can think of a lot of other words besides weird. <laughs> I mean, and honestly, I still get that when I'm in a situation like that. Like, so I, I've never been that wait, comfortable. Wait, you, you still get what? The thought to go run off a building? That's, that's yes, if I'm somewhere tall and, I, and there's an edge, I, I don't like being close to it because I, I feel like I might just so, get a crazy idea here. This is just making me renew with a certain sense of urgency my invitation for you to go find a therapist. That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm putting up there. <laughs> Welcome to episode 125 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as Shannon, Brian, and Ogan address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And you can help us out and show your love and support for Bub Theology Live by becoming a Patreon supporter. Uh, donation levels start at two bucks. What can you buy for two bucks these days? Not buy our love. Not even a cup of coffee. Not a cup of coffee. <laughs> our love. Our love is only, only worth two dollars, Brian. Uh, hey. $2 is a strong like. You want love, you got to bump it up a little bit. But anyway, uh, that will help support us. You got different donation levels, uh, different rewards for it. Visit patreon.com slash Live to get started. And as always, a big shout out and thank you to those who are currently on that list. If you would like to join our conversation, please um, head over to Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram using the hashtag PTLive. Follow at Pub Theology on those platforms and check out our video clips from the show on IGTV. Or if you want to hear us go on and on and on about something completely unrelated to the show, watch us on YouTube for extra content. Mm. It's all related to the show. It's fascinating. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> Every, so everything is relative. Everything is relative. Some, some people can't get enough. What can, what can we say? All right. Well, today we talk holy envy, how we can not only learn from other faith traditions and from people of no faith, but we can appreciate, admire, even covet, dare we say, some of the beautiful traditions and practices they espouse. So what are we drinking today, friends? Um, I'm continuing my no alcohol struggle. I mean, I mean, <laughs> detox. Oh, that is a struggle. Um, and but today, instead of water, I'm drinking um, my favorite electrolyte supplement drink. It's called Ultima. Ooh. Um, it is uh, no sugar, no carbs, vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, paleo-friendly, keto-friendly. You got all the good stuff. 
vitamins A, C, phosphorus, magnesium, zinc, you name it, it's in here. But the number one reason I love this thing, it tastes like tang. You guys remember tang? Oh, yeah. Really? Loved tang growing up. I swear to God, it tastes just like tang. Wow. I feel mm-hmm. that they're lying on the package, but I'm going to take them at their word. Yep. Ultimate replenish- re- replenisher. Well done. well done. Interesting. Um, I am drinking today a Baltimore Brewing Company, um, Oliver, which is great around here, called um, Balls to the Walls. Nice. So uh, it is a American pale ale. This can contains balls to the wall, an easy drinking American pale ale with a gratifying hop punch. Like, not like, you know, mm, Hawaiian punch. So here we go. <laughs> If you don't watch the video, you, you missed a really nice visual just now. Good to go. <laughs> For the hot punch. The hot punch. Oh, goodness. And I'm well, drinking I... it, actually, if you're on visual, sorry, Brian, I'm drinking it out of my favorite um, pint glass, which is a Dogfish Brewery, um, their DJ record store oh, day nice. glass. It's super fun. Sweet. So, anyway. I miss Dogfish anyway, Brewery. What are you drinking? I am drinking a uh, Sierra Nevada Brute IPA. It's a spring seasonal extra dry IPA. This is a new take on IPA brewed for a bone dry champagne style finish. Late hop additions give the beer balanced bitterness and a bright pop of citrus flavor. I think you were a sucker for marketing. That's what I think. There was a lot of words in there. (laughs) Boom. This thing better live up. Shouldn't go together. Exactly. <laughs> it is actually, it is nice. I've had it before today. It's a, it is a dry IPA. It, it pours very light. Check this out. Yeah. I was looks like say, a Miller Light. It looks, that's exactly what I was going to say. It looks like a Miller Light. But it, it's got a real nice dry hop character. Fancy beer. The Brute. Yeah, this is, the Balls to the Wall is a little more hoppy than I normally drink. But with a name like that, you just, you know. You just got to. What's your ABV on that one? Five. See, this thing looks like a 6.2. Wow. Good Lord. Surprising. All right. (laughs) So what is something that your brain tries to make you do and you have to will yourself not to do it? Eat junk food. And I'm not sure if it's my brain or my stomach. (laughs) The The line is blurred. It's a partnership. Exactly. They're in cahoots. They're in cahoots, but yeah, that's, that's it. Currently it's, it's have a beer or a cocktail. Yeah. You need another drink. <laughs> exactly. We, so just so one more Shannon. <laughs> Sarah and I, we, or we had, we had date night Saturday night and we go to a, a spot and they had some cocktail that was like infused with duck fat or something. I don't know what it was, what? but it sounded Gross. so delicious. <laughs> Love anything related to ducks. Are you kidding me? Um, wow. Uh, if you've not, listen, my favorite French fries ever are fries cooked in duck fat. I mean, you mm. cook a thing in duck fat. Oh, it, really? Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's a whole other level. I've it's never heard of It's the champagne of fats. <laughs> exactly. It is, it is exactly. champagne of fats. It really is. Uh, so, uh, um, I maybe forget what I was saying. So, yeah. So, so that's, that's what my brain is telling me to do. Like, yeah. come on, go have a drink. You you, you went, you, you went, I don't know, what am I at, two weeks now maybe if that much? You deserve. I mean, I think, yeah, I think anything that, any, any very egotistical, like, right, any, 
anything that's like you deserve this like let's rationalize all the ways oh, we're you- good at saying <laughs> yes to that right exactly like you know or or even like the opposite which is like how dare you do that to me right Ooh. and like have to will yourself to pull back on the Ooh. you know the self-talk the, yeah it's any it, yeah it's a lot of that <laughs> yeah so when i was a a kid uh, the first time i can remember going up on the roof of a tall building, my brain was like, oh, you could just run and jump <laughs> right up, right off this thing. And like, honestly, like I, I felt like I didn't want to get that close to the edge because I didn't know if I could trust myself. Wow. Isn't that weird? That explains a lot about your brain. <laughs> and I can think of a lot of other words besides weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, and honestly, I still get that when I'm in a situation like that. Like, so I, I've never been that wait, comfortable. Wait, you, you still get what? The thought to go run off a building? Yes, if I'm somewhere tall and I and there's an edge, I, I don't like being close to it because I, I feel like I might just so, get a crazy idea here. This is just making me renew with a certain sense of urgency my invitation for you to go find a therapist. That's all <laughs> that's all I'm putting out there. I don't want to say I mean say about it. You know. <laughs> I don't know. There's a I'll lot try. there. Okay. No, I don't think it was, what you're describing was not like a suicidal. No, 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 no. It it was like a, let's see what happens. It was. No, it wasn't. But, but my brain went through the process of you're very high. And if you jumped from here, you know, that'd be all, it'd be all over, but it'd be interesting for a moment. I I don't, it's hard to explain. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you need some so, professional help, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you <laughs> Wow. There's okay. a lot of this. There's a lot of this with kids, right? When I first had babies, I don't know, dude, like, I don't know if it was a hormonal thing, but like, we had this big staircase and I just, I would hold her so tight walking down the stairs, just yeah. terrified mm-hmm. that she would fall, you know, like my brain would like, I could see it. Almost an and irrational I, fear of it. This irrational fear of it, right, exactly. Yeah. Like this, like, it, it's like my brain was just kept saying, this is going to happen, like, you know. Yeah, like someone could be at the bottom of the stairs and I just throw the baby and we play catch. Right. No, that- Apparently, no, no that was just, you know. <laughs> what would just happen? I mean, you could just, you know, no, I just- Wow. I don't know. That's an interesting I'm, question. Like, I'm, I'm like, you, you kind of got me speechless there, Brian. I know. Ogan's struggling here. <laughs> I re- like, He's I, like I really don't know what to do with this. I'm like, do I like, to- well, I like that it's like, okay, when I was a child, I thought this, but then it went to, I'm still afraid to go to the edge of things thinking <laughs> I might just jump off. That's, that's the part right there. That's the part. That's you know, I'm that's not going to do it. As a kid, just, it makes, as a kid, it makes sense. Every kid kind of has that idea in their head. That, like, my, what would my, happen? My yeah. brother literally broke his arm jumping off a house. You know, yeah. it was yeah. more of a peer pressure situation with other kids doing it. But that's what kids do. But you're a grown ass man. And you're sitting here <laughs> Look, telling us. You okay. get to a tall building, that thought's still running through your head. It's, of course, we're a little worried. It's under control. <laughs> He's like, I'm never saying anything else. I know. <laughs> Brian's personal sharing time is over. I mean, we went from meat and junk food to you jumping off a building. I'm hey, saying. I thought we needed to up the ante here. <sighs> uh, no, that's day. just you. It's just you. Mm, yeah. Goodness. Just me. Just me. Yeah. Although I am kind of craving chocolate. I gave up chocolate for Lent. and. Um, mm. 
missing yeah, those peanut I'm, butter I'm cups. not doing great on my Lenten practice. I admit it. Like I'm not doing great. You know, it's you. You got a lot going on. <laughs> I, I, listen, you deserve to. Not I deserve to not to break my Lenten fast. Um, anyway, um, on Facebook, uh, someone posted uh, Leanne a negative thinking. That's a good one. Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. Like depression yeah. does a lot of that, right? Like you're not worthy. You're not, you know, and you have to work against that. Ain't got to be depression. It's, it might, it, it's it, for a lot of people. It's, it's the holdovers from, from their childhood and their yeah. upbringing. Oh, Self, there you go. Self-criticism. Like the yeah, yeah. The tapes yeah. that play other people's the, voices the, the, in the your tapes, head. Yeah. Tapes that play like my, my, my mother's way to try to elevate me to, to more of my potential was to maybe spend 10% of the time congratulating me and affirming me for the good mm-hmm. thing I did. And then 90% telling me what I did wrong so I could get it better next time. Yeah. And so, so the tape in my head is, or used to be by default, like find the mistakes, find the mistakes, right. find the errors. Like I struggle with that so badly. Yeah. And I struggle with it as a parent too. I, I, I have to mm-hmm. make, or there's, yeah. I mean, there's a great example, right? I have to make yes. sure I compliment first yes, and then compliment again at the end. Yes. And like whatever, like that's hard for me because my brain immediately kind of just goes to like the, well, what happened with that question, you know, yeah. or whatever. Yep. Like, God, I, having flashbacks, having flashbacks. Yeah. Well, and hard, I'm like a, a parent, I'm, ca- I could be a uptight perfectionist. Like I handed out our pub theology sheets last night at our local gathering and, and someone looked at it like, Oh, you got a typo here. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like give them all back. <laughs> no one can see this. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. <laughs> I, I literally crossed out the extra letter on every sheet. Avert your eyes. Made it more and I get that. I get, uh, so that happens to me mostly on Mondays. So Sundays, you know, I'll give a talk and I'll be writing that high and people come to the receiving line and they're like, yeah, you know, yeah. to the park. You were speaking to me, you know, yes. one of your top five talks, blah, blah, blah. And every, you know, and I'm writing that high. And then Monday hits or sometimes Sunday night hits. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, I forgot to say this. I forgot yes. to say that. Yes, I didn't mean for exactly. that to go that way. And, you know, and it's like, Arr. I had that mid sermon Sunday where I'm like, oh, shoot, oh. I was going to say the thing. And then I didn't. But then I think I tried to put, I tried to insert it in the wrong place. I'm not sure how well it worked. That's <laughs> we'll just said. leave that alone. Damn it. Got there before he did. <laughs> he didn't even hear you. <laughs> I didn't hear you. What did she say? That's what he said. <sighs> you tried to insert it in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> you had to explain it. I was just not my, trying. My brain, my brain didn't work fast enough to get out there. But as soon as like she said, I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> on that note. So, uh, you write us. Hashtag. Here's the senior part right senior here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, we have something to do? What are you talking about? <laughs> Let's just have some fun. So uh, the late Swedish theologian, Christer Stendhal, uh, excellent theologian, he came up with a few starting points on engaging folks of other religions. And they're these three. And these are starting points. These aren't the whole shebang, but things to keep in mind. Number one, when you're trying to understand another religion, you should ask the adherents of that religion and not its enemies. Secondly, don't compare your best to their worst. And then third, leave room for holy envy. So wondering uh, if any of those three kind of sticks out to you that you appreciate, um, maybe where you've seen it or maybe where you've seen it 
not done and you wish these, one of these three had been used? The, uh, the, within Christianity itself, the comparing best to their worst with, I mean, did like Christian denominations compared right. to, yeah, that, that's a huge, yeah. that's a big thing. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. I mean, right we away. We do that all the time. All the time. And you know what I, what I really love and by love, I mean, hate is when we compare our best to their worst, but their worst is also in ours. Yes. That's my favorite. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, take but the, the Quran says Quran. this. Yeah, the Hebrew Bible says that too, which we read. <laughs> right, I know. Yes, you know. Yes. We don't compare our worst to their worst either, you know. But nonetheless, yeah. There's, there's, there's this that. is this is not quite that, but I I posted that I finally became a member of my own church, which is the first time since I've been doing church planting, which was kind of fun. And a Presbyterian friend was like, you can be a member of your own church. We don't have that. Yeah, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, what? where would you be a member but your own church? We're a member of the Presbytery. What? We're not a member of individual churches. So so you want to hear a funny funny story. uh, But I understand. And, you know, in the, in the, in the, when we were talking before, was that in the pre-show that seemed so long ago about Canon and your, and your sabbatical and, and some, sometimes an envious response from other people. Oh, yeah. So I, uh, before Unholy you, envy. before you put the post about you became a member of your own church, I saw the post with like the stack of membership cards and yep. you were like, you know, made 50, 50 people, new members today. And and I had that twinge of I assumed maybe it was like fifty new people in the past year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had that twinge of like, man, what I would do for fifty new members in a year? That's like, not like a charter day, right? It was an ambiguous yeah. post, right? right? Yeah. Where you could and when I saw you became a member of my own church, I was like, oh, that's everybody. All right. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is <laughs> this is like this is the first day we've allowed people to become members, and right. 50, right. so. so then my whole my whole thing shifted but then but then it was that whole self-awareness thing of just like going wow i actually went there rather than just genuinely a place of like good for you 50 exactly linear let me get some cliff notes here kind of deal <laughs> well and i think that's that's part of it so when there's holy envy it's um you know, the being jealous of Christmas time and not appreciating Hanukkah or, you know, like whatever, right? Yeah. Or or um, I think that's where mostly we go to in our space. Mm-hmm. But as people who believe like we have more in common than we have different, it's, it's a turn that gets lost a little bit, I think, you know. Um, yeah. Well, for I, sure, for sure. Um, I, I, I'm remembering past uh seder dinners that have gone to at homes of rabbis and other folk and just feeling that sense of Mm. you know the holy envy of here's a group of people doing this ritual that has been done in 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 this religion for how many thousands of years i'm out of mind you know and i'm in a denomination that every year we want to do it differently (laughs) right right right. (laughs) there's There's no no continuity there zero continuity and this thing has gone unchanged and there's a piece of me that's like oh my god that is that is so there's something so beautiful and and grounded and 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 connecting of community not just the local community but the global community Mm -hmm. um when 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 everyone shares 
a, a ritual exactly the, the same way. And I know sometimes the danger is the ritual itself becomes the god and not 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 what it's supposed to represent. But right. but it was just, it was just beautiful. And 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 those are the moments that I that I have holy envy. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me there's a a connection. Um, I mean, so, you know, a lot of people have arguments about the Lord's prayer about whether or not, you know, Jesus had prayed like this. He never meant for it to like be in worship every single week and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but it connects me back. I, I love saying it, but it, it risks being the empty ritual. And there's something about um, ancient, just any of the ancient religions, right? That, that when you get to that moment of we've prayed this, prayer for centuries there's something so beautiful and magical about that that i i love it i absolutely love it now did you ever um in your growing up uh do the lord's prayer around the dinner table was that a thing you did at all no we my dad was raised catholic so we did the um you know bless us O lord for these thine gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty in christ our lord amen amen right like the potatoes (laughs) That was, that was it. And, and it Boom. was no different. Like, and it was that fast too. That's good. I like that. Ours, ours tended to be longer. And then at the end, something about forgiveness, forgive us for our sins. And, you know, thanks for this food. But growing, growing up in a very a um, preface. Yeah, yeah. Evangelical slash Pentecostal experience, just praying over dinner would sometimes turn into an altar call. So sure. it was, oh it, boy, it was a whole thing. <laughs> Did you did you you know kick in your sleep during it? Like, <laughs> exactly. Call so we would have a we would have a prayer at the beginning and at the end of dinner. Really? Ooh, before we could leave the the leave the table, we had another prayer, and I often did. that would end up being the Lord's prayer if my dad or mom wasn't feeling like coming up with an original. So then it'd be, all right, let's just do the Lord's prayer. Never so I actually that. close I close our leadership meetings with the Lord's prayer. Just yeah. because like I've done so much work that I'm just like, let's just do the, like, and it's yeah. become a tradition and I, I actually really appreciate it, yes. you know? Um, so, yes. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say we, at, at the end of our worship on Sundays, we sing a doxology that's a cappella, and it's three verse, it's three stanzas and it's, it's, I found it in some, you know, uh, progressive hymns for Christians book and it's just really rich and we sing that every week acapella as our last song nice and i don't get tired of it like every week i love it so how do we how do we stop doing something like that from becoming like just a real repetitive thing like like what 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 is the delineation what makes some things turn into real repetitive right what makes some things become like like rich establish and I yeah that's a great question I worry about that with uh communion or the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist like we do it our goal is every other month you know and sometimes it's a little more sometimes it's a little less and a lot of friends do it weekly and love it and find it to be kind of a crucial centerpiece to the to the service and I've always felt like yeah but if I had to do that literally every week like I feel like be like okay again you know again let's get the lines let's do the blah 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 i feel like it would i personally feel like it would be too much to do it every week but i understand that people love it and find it really meaningful but i don't know where that line is that you noted ogan between repetition right so there's i mean 
and, and we talk about the Lord's Prayer, but there's like the Lord be with you. Yeah. And also with you, right? right? And or peace be with you. Any number of those kinds of things. And and it's just so like that's the joke about Star Wars, right? May the force be with you right. and also with you. And also with or, you. and with your spirit, right? Like whatever tradition you're of. Like yes. um, but I so part of this is, and not just because we're talking about like ecumenical or interfaithness, but like part of it is going to another tradition yeah. and and hearing their quote unquote wrote prayers or studying those, finding the beauty in that and then having appreciation for my own. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and we're, we're pastors. So study is certainly an area that I like digging deeper through, like even the Lord's prayer, where did this come from? Right. Why did this come from? You know, like let's argue about trespasses or debtors or, you know, um, what's sins. Right? And there's some really cool, like alternate, tra- like Parker Palmer has an unbelievable rendition of it. And yeah, the church in New Zealand like has a super yes. cool one, yes. you know? Yeah, right. exactly. Like, um, but communion's another one that I, I get lost during, you know, that. Sneaking sips on the side. Oh, sorry. Um, I just got a second beer. My bad. Um, and I got told to be careful when I opened it because he dropped it. Anyway, <laughs> in case anybody wants to know what just happened. Um, no, I, but I, so yes, absolutely. Studying other, like reading poetry brings like, see, like just finding ways to expand my universe. Yeah. Um, but I have to say that, you know, one of the most beautiful moments I've ever experienced. Um, when I was in seminary, I went to, I, I was taking a class on Cistercian spirituality and I went to the Abbey of Gethsemane in Bardstown, Kentucky, where Thomas Merton lived. Right. And at 4 AM, right. They, they do, they start the hours, they start their day. And every morning opened up with the Psalms, Oh Lord, open my lips. And then everyone says, and my mouth shall declare your praise. And they say that every day at 4 a.m. And I know they are totally asleep when they say that. <laughs> like, you know that they're just like, oh, Lord, open my lips. And <laughs> you know, and, and yet for me, that was like, oh, that's beautiful. That is right. absolutely beautiful. Um, I'll stop talking, but another one is the seeing a different translation. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So there's this translation by Nan Merrill of the psalms called the psalms for praying love it love it love it right and just getting like understanding scripture as story as poetry um again changing the view of like scripture is what not to do and instead of what to do you know or whatever like i I love all of it that's so studied is a way for me Hmm. scene and, and now that I've taken all the options, you know. <laughs> Next question. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so anyway, so I, I mean, I, I love these as starting points, and I, I think, I think, yeah, let's let's think about things that we wish we had. And and last week, Shannon, I believe it was you mentioned uh, being on a silent retreat and noting a Muslim woman who was mm-hmm. observing the five the call to prayer five times a day, and and just noting, wow, what what richness to that commitment to that consistent. Um, prayer. I love the don't compare your best to their worst. Cause as Ogan said, I think we're so good at doing that. It's like, Oh, well look at our, you know, what we've done and Ooh, look at what they've done. So easy to do. And I think especially 
with Islam. It's so like we just do that uh, in the West and we, we need to do better. We need to look at their best, which often uh, makes us wish we were doing more ourselves. Um, and also the one about asking the adherents of the religion. I found that one interesting. Actually, in our conversation last night, someone said, someone said they would prefer to ask an outsider to, to an adherent to learn about another tradition. What do you guys think about that? Um, no, you, went, you go to the source. Go right, to the source. Like, yeah. That's really interesting. I, I'm actually quite flabbergasted by that. Well, this was a person who doesn't really subscribe to any religious tradition, kind of spiritual but not religious. Um, well, there's uh, uh, were they coming from a place of go do some research first, or because 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 that I can understand. I, I think understand. part of it is that he's been in West Michigan for too long, and so he's like, <laughs> when I talk to Christians, I just hear the same thing every time, and I'm kind of tired of it. So honestly, I think that's what it was. Gotcha. I was going to say, I think it's, I, part of it, I think, is what you're talking about, right? Like, so, even though, because we're just not, even though we're not a Christian nation, there's so much. In, hey, in, hey, easy in, now, easy now. I Don't know. blasphemy. The Christianist nation. The Christianist nation, right, of all the Christian nations. But, like, you know, so I think it, it depends on, like, I would say absolutely not if I'm going to go talk to a Christian about a Muslim tradition, or about a rabbinic tradition or, you know, whatever, like absolutely not. But so I'm trying to find a place of, do I really want to talk to a Scientologist about Scientology? <laughs> like, do, Oh, I see what you're saying. See, right? like, do there I it really, is. like, do I really want to hear from the source that you believe that? Because I, I'm not sure that I could hear it from you without just looking at you like, well, or Mormonism. As an example, I'll give. Like, I've, read some, I've read some fantastic books on Mormonism, but they tend to be by former Mormons. <laughs> but, okay, so, so then I guess it, it depends on what your aim is. Is your aim to truly understand or is your aim yeah. just to be getting information? Because if all you right. want is information, sure, you can talk to anybody, but if you're right. trying to really understand and and again, understanding doesn't equal agreement or even appreciation, but just understanding, you know, when we when we speak of Scientology, yes, I would love to understand what what cause cause I can go I can go research, I can go I can go Google what Scientology is and find a Scientology wiki and, and look at, you know, the, the tenets and the beliefs, but and and then go why would someone believe this? <laughs> like, you know, I was say, and there's an argument to talking to a Scientologist, right? Right. What like, is, why it about is this important this? to you? Exactly. And that kind of brings understanding as to, you know, why, what I might perceive as a bunch of crazy is, is a yeah. thing. And talk about, and talk about in that situation, uh, the difference between listening sort of critically and listening sympathetically. Now you're asking a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. I do. No. I do know what you mean, because because yeah. if I'm coming in with a preconceived uh, idea of, like I just said, this is a bunch of crazy talk, then that's the lens through which I am listening, and everything will come through that lens. So for me, it's about um, listening to the person's story and how it's affected their life, 
you know, because someone can easily look at what unity believes and says it's crazy talk. Somebody can look at what Muslims believe and say it's crazy talk. They do it every day. Um, but, yeah. but these are teachings and beliefs that have transformed, inspired, and literally saved lives. Yeah. So whether we agree with it or not, there's yeah. something there's something there that that, that that makes sense to somebody to the point they they want to make this the compass that guides their life and yeah. and we we kind of got to be okay with that as long as you know my bottom line is always as long as it's not causing harm to other people mm. <laughs> you know yeah and, right and, and when right. you have things that that you know border or cross the line into into you know definitions of cults and 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 causes harm to people in many ways and intentionally set up that way, you know, then we got issues. Yep. Well, I think that's the way we approach or we should, right. Approach all things, which is, is to be critical of the thing, but not necessarily the person, right. If this is, if this is something that you, so I grew up in Kentucky, and I went to my college roommate grew up in very very rural Kentucky and the man that lived across their farm across the street from their farm um, he did some really really terrible things to his daughter um, including you know locking her away and beating her and just genuinely like absolutely terrible things and this went on across the street from her and they did not know right until somebody found out and called the police and the girl was taken away all good things right so the local i think it was like methodist church came and tried to cuz again still rural kentucky <laughs> you know tried to bring him to jesus right like mm-hmm. we're going to help you we're going to save you and their message was god loves you god loves you no matter what you do which is is my message right like well you need to confess your sin but you can be redeemed well right. yeah but you're still serving some jail time like let's not <laughs> let's let's not uh i think well sure the 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 legal but, but, ramifications are different than these than the moral and ethical ramifications but well. here's my <laughs> yes yes everyone has the opportunity to to i guess repent you know change their minds change their behaviors all that sort of thing but but where i am with that is is less be clear to separate that from actual consequences right right you know and and sometimes i don't think that that separation is clear i mean we see it in our churches all the time where people do some interesting stuff and figure they should get away with it or it be okay because we're we're an open welcome and forgiven place and uh yeah i'm like well yes we are but that doesn't mean you can do whatever you want whenever you want to yeah for sure for sure it, it, you know uh, it becomes it becomes really really come it becomes interesting yeah Her, that know? example just took us a little sideways but i'm going to bring us back here um Barbara Brown Taylor uh, has written a book uh, entitled Holy Envy, playing off this idea from Christopher Stendhal. And uh, she asks in that book, if God is revealed in many ways, why follow the Christian way? So how would you answer that? I'd say don't. <laughs> like you don't have to. 
you know, that's, that's where I've come to. You don't have to follow the Christian way. Find a, find a way that resonates and works for you. Right. Within Christianity itself, there are many ways, you know, but maybe Buddhism works for you. Um, you, you know, there's, yes, there's the, maybe Judaism works, you know, there's the cultural versus the, the religious slash spiritual delineation, but maybe that works for you. No, you don't have to follow the Christian. For sure. And I, I would agree with you in talking to someone else, but you maybe, uh, or the three of us, uh, you know, if, and I think we all agree that God is revealed in many ways. So why mm-hmm. are we follow? you know, why are you following the Christian way? Uh, well, it's it's a culture I grew up in. So so I grew up in a Christian culture. It's what yep. I know. And yes. once I strip away a lot of the 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 religiosity and the yeah. the churchiness, yes. you know, um, the things Jesus said and taught make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can get on board with that. It it works right. for me when I when I left the church and the religion of my upbringing, I was ready to be done with church and maybe even go explore other things or be done with religion altogether. Um, uh, Unity brought me back because it made, it it made me be able to make sense and have a relationship with the Bible and uh, with Jesus's teachings again um, in a way that was compassionate, understanding and made sense for the modern world. And that worked for me. And it was familiar. There was a certain sense of familiarity because I grew up with it. All those Bible verses, they made me memorize as a child and a teenager that I can't forget for the life of me. Now, you know, I could put them into another context that, that, that supported it in a good way. If I had to go and if I had to go learn, you know, like, the eightfold path and all the different things, Buddhism and, and like, like I'm almost 45. I don't want to work that hard to start, start over again. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah. for some people that works because, because of whatever maybe, um, you know, you know, hurt they suffered in, in, in the church in the Christian church or, or wherever they were before and they can't reconcile that, you know, here's, here's another option. But, I just but feel like me, you came came up with a nice slogan for Christianity. It's familiar, it's fulfilling, and it works for the modern world. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> You've been watching too much Mad Men. <laughs> I know exactly. Exactly right. I mean, but my story is very similar. Um, sorry for the technical glitches, by the way. Um, Welcome back. You know, in the sense that, like in college, I I have a minor in world religions, right? Like yeah. I I studied everything, and I. I kind of just said, you know, I, I mean, I had a, a moment of how do I reconnect with this God? And I found that, but, um, which is for me, the God through Jesus, but I found that, wow, this is the things that I genuinely care about in faith are in any religion. I mean, maybe not any, any ever, but like really like love and compassion and treating neighbor as self and, uh, the, it is in all of the world religions. The question then became, which direction did I want to go and what was most familiar for me? And it ended, it, it led me back to, yeah. you know, the path of Christ, like, if you will. And I, I'm totally okay with that. And I appreciate that. And I love it. And, you know, like Ogan, I, I already know the stories. I already know yes. You know, and but I, I I also studied and learned them in a new way, yes. which I now appreciate. You know. Yeah, 
You know, um, I just found out. I just found out that somebody left my church apparently because I spoke too much about Jesus, which I find hilarious. Wow. Because I'm like, like, I give I give Jesus a shout out maybe once a month. <laughs> like, that's I'm, one of those things that. Uh, <laughs> like, it's like you can't. My favorite thing is when you drive by a church and their sign says "We preach the Bible," and I'm like, "What am I preaching?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what, what else? What else? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say for this one, you know, I, I had a point where I, where I came to the realization that I didn't believe Jesus was the only way to God or that I had to be a Christian or I was going to, you know, suffer in hell forever. And it's like, Oh wow, I could be anything. And, and kind of like you guys are saying, it's like, Oh, but where do I start? And that's a lot of work. And I just still find, so much richness and and holiness and goodness in the person of Jesus, in the traditions of the church, in the um, the Hebrew Bible and the Christian scriptures. That um, I'm very content, and and I think as we all experience as ministers, we're always finding new angles. We're always probing deeper. We're always learning things, even about our own tradition, which we grew up in. And it's still unfolding for us in, in beautiful ways. So um, I want to, I want to read something for you. So a couple of days ago, Oh, yesterday, my time. Uh, so yesterday I posted this article about, about nuns, you know, the yes. not, not religious affiliated or pretty much now percentage wise, and maybe even a little ahead of um, evangelicals and Catholics in terms of numbers. So I said, uh, you know, anyway, I put I put the post up and said a thing about being focused on on creating the community we want to be rather than worrying about numbers and how do we get how do we get them into church because some of those nuns um, only twenty two percent of them kind of actually identified maybe as atheists so that's like seventy eight percent who still believe something. That's a subset when, right. when the nuns it's always a smaller subset who are completely I, like. Absolutely do not believe in something. So, so this, um, so this one guy replied and he said, um, I personally identify as a kind of spiritually agnostic, traditionally Christian. And he said, um, when he was in college, he came up with this idea and even the notion of wanting to talk about something different, he said, was was rejected. And he was at Rockhurst mm-hmm. in in Kansas City, which is a Jesuit university or right. college. And he said, this led me to basically throw my hands in the air and say, okay, no more labels for me. He's, uh, he says, I'm often accused, especially on Facebook, of being an atheist when I'm simply agnostic and coming from a Christian tradition. I can speak to the teachings, faith, and history from both a, both a loose historical and a loose spiritual point of view. In almost every case, scripture is copy-pasted. I am told I am not a Christian. I'm told I obviously hate God and them, and it's just exhausting. And I'm like, this, you know, to, to throw back to the, you know, the worst of the best and, 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 and other people's worst, this is, this is why the nuns are like the increasingly you know highest number because because we in churches so many people in churches are really good at injuring each other Mm. um and he said personally i don't need a group to experience my faith or to think about it and of course belonging to a church or attendance services would absolutely enrich that but i don't want to take on the baggage 
uh, in society and have to carry after doing so. So I remain agnostic affiliated. And while I can't speak for everyone in the survey, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where a lot of people find themselves as well. I mean, and I think he like just nailed it on the head. Thank you, Clint, for sharing that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of rules that come with any religion, but with Christianity. And even if we are in more progressive um, denominations of that, there's still an expectation. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, and I do think that is um, not just an example when we, when, you know, any of the three of us go to a party and they're like, Oh, you do what? Oh, Oh, excuse me. I need to go over here. No, you know, right. Right. Like, <laughs> I'll go to the corner that doesn't have a clergy person, a in. clergy person. And I'm going to drink and, you know, make all these assumptions about you, but it happens to my parishioners that aren't, you know, octogenarians, right? Like, if you're in your fifties, even if you're in your forties and go to church and they're like, Oh, you go to church. Like it's still a, it's a, it's a, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to bash culture at all. I'm like, there's still so much assumed about you. Well, then you automatically hate gay people. Well, then you automatically think that, you know, me drinking this beer is bad. You don't like dancing, you know, what are you doing wearing pants? You know, (laughs) right. So speaking of assumptions, I was at our, we had a local uh, TEDx event uh, last week, which was why we recorded in the morning last week. Um, And I was, you know, talking to a couple of people during the, one of the breaks and, uh, you know, mentioned I was a pastor and, and around these parts, there's an assumption that that means a lot of things, including you probably vote Republican and et cetera, et cetera. And, and the, this person said, oh, Holland UCC, I think I follow you on Instagram. And, and I said, oh, that could be. And I said, we were in the paper recently for doing a protest against the wall. And then she's like, oh, then I'm surprised I follow you. Yeah. <laughs> like, it instantly like changed the like tenor of the conversation. And the other person too was looking like, how can I, these people are in Holland. Like, how can I get away from this conversation as soon as possible? Oh, no, that's hilarious. Exactly. Exactly. Here, I was thinking it might be seen as a positive thing among thinking people, but right. mm, not so much. Not so much. It still surprises me. It really does. Like I, I actually think that part of part of my ministry is going out into the world and says, "This is what a pastor looks like, and this is what I believe, and I'm still a pastor, and I'm whatever." And right. it, it genuinely still surprises me how many people look at me and go, "Well, that you don't fit the mold. That's bad." Oh, that's yeah. terrible. And, and it's genuinely surprising me that I get it a lot in unity, which is supposed to be the, you know, basically the anti-doctrinal dogmatic, uh, you right. know. Uh, as open-minded as you could be. Christianity. Right. And people are shocked I'm showing up with tattoos and drinking beer. And I'm like, really? That's like, but, but part of that is generational. And the vast yes. majority of yeah. people who attend like unity churches skew older. That's so interesting to me. Even though, the, well, I think what happens is they have uh, midlife crises of faith yeah, and, and, and step away from church for a while. And then I want to come back to a spiritual community because culturally this is a part of who I am, but I don't want to go back to the Catholic church or, you know, be, be, because I don't, I don't adhere to that. So what do I, what's, what's out right, there? Right, right. And, what are the they, options? Right. What are the options? And a lot of times they, they find themselves in unity, but they're still bringing that, that traditional idea of what clergy should look like, should wear, should do, should say, should show up as, 
kind of kind of deal. Yeah, we had someone's mother who was visiting from Texas, I think, uh, show up to church on Sunday, and and she's like, "Oh, I I belong to a Unity Church, so I'm really looking forward to this." <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, "Great, welcome." We're not Unity though, but right. I didn't get her take after, so maybe that's not a good sign. There you go. Well, you know, here here's the thing: when you talk about holy envy, you know. Many in unity look at places like UCC and have that holy envy for your social justice work, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 things like that. Um, so so maybe maybe that's maybe that's why I don't know. Maybe she's a listener to the podcast, or you know, right. there you go. Maybe she's she's heard me say things about about UCC and stuff like that. Who knows? Well, I th- and and again, going back to holy envy, you know. I am genuinely envious. We we have a we have a Presbyterian church in town that is known for right the social justice. They get all the good people, if you will, right? Like everybody new that comes to town, they go to that church because it fits all the things, right? Yeah, right. I hear you. And I'm I hear just you. like you know. So th- there was this article that recently came out about um, it was in some church, you know, it was a blog in some church thing. So if you're not a church person, you wouldn't have read it. Right. But it's basically like, I'm a church person who doesn't go to church, right? Like I teach uh, pastors, I whatever, and I never, right. And I'm sitting there going like, I, and I just today, it's been out for maybe a week, two weeks. And I just today kind of sat down and went, you know, the issue is, is that I need you, right? Like I, as a, as a what we will define as a small church pastor, even in a suburb of a large city, like I need you in church. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if that's once a month, once every other month, like I need, I need help and colleagues and I need other people my age. And, and I just need to know that you're around and you're supportive. So you don't get to get off that easily. Right. Like, yeah. And, and there is something about, you know, Oh, well, I don't, go to church anymore and it's said and it's often said with a badge of pride and sort of this condescending undertone for people who still go to church Mm -hmm. and and i'm i'm perfectly fine if that's where people are in their journey and you know to be honest i took a little break before we started this recent church where we had close to a year where we weren't going to church very much but i missed it and i need community and I and I love being with people where we can grow and challenge each other and and imagine life differently together. And there's things I experience there that I feel like where else would I experience that in the world? That's why you don't need a sabbatical. You took that year off. Stop, watch your mouth. <laughs> watch your mouth out with soap right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's part of the question, right? So there's two questions going around for sabbatical is do I tell people I'm a pastor? The answer is clearly no. And the second is, do we, do we go to church, right? Like, right. do we go to church as a family? And yeah. if so, what does that look like? Where do we go? How will I feel? What will we experience? You know, yeah. and, and talk about holy envy, right? Do I go to somewhere that's completely out of my realm so that I'm not feeling like I'm working the whole time? Like, oh, right. I should remember that. That was a good story. Oh, I should... Oh, I like the way they did that. It's hard to shut that off, man. It's hard it to shut is. it off. So, but there's a lot of, you know, and this isn't just, I understand why parishioners want breaks. Like I get it. Mm, yeah. Uh, you know, they've been on leadership boards for six oh, years and they're yeah. like, I need some time off. And I'm like, sure. I totally respect that. 
Like I yeah. get it, you know, just, just come back because we're your community and we love you. My, uh, my, my favorite ever response to the, you know, when you're out on vacation or break and the, the awkwardness of telling people you're a minister one a few years ago, we were doing some regional like gathering of pastors and there was this like, just like older legendary cantankerous old unity minister and, and we were going around talking about this very issue. What do we tell people that, because once you mention that the whole tone and tenor of the conversation shifts and people look at you differently and it, and it brings up a whole lot of issues. And he says, I don't have that problem. When people ask me what I do, I tell them I'm a fucking pastor. <laughs> that tastes terrible. Wow. I'm like, Hmm, good one, man. Good one. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, try that. Try that. See how it works. Mm-hmm. With a beer in my hand. You with, know? A, with a with a beer in your hand. I'll leave them with a lot more questions than they came in with. Wow, I might try that tonight. Uh, I've got a <laughs> I've got a gig at a brewery tonight. Maybe I'll just drop that. Drop I, that sometimes clock. I say to people, "I'm a minister, and I'm currently off the clock." <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, and again, there, there's a lot of different, but you know, I, it's interesting. I, I like kind of put this question out there to a small group of people that I trust. And, and a lot of it was, I'm a, I'm a nonprofit, blah, blah, blah. Like I, Ooh. I'm a volunteer coordinator. I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm a, you know, and I Motiva- just thought, I'm a motivational community organizer. Yeah. I'm a community organizer. I'm a motivational speaker. Like, and I, I'm just like, I want to say something that has no follow-up questions. Right. Like, and I don't even know what that is. Right. I, I, I don't know what job you say that doesn't have follow-up questions, right. but you yeah. Know. When I, when we started our, our church um, and at that point I started halftime and I was halftime at my other job as a sort of social media online learning consultant. And sometimes when people ask me what I did, I, I had to decide which of these. And often I defaulted to, Oh, I just, I'm a consultant for a nonprofit or something like that. So that yeah. I didn't right. deal with the whole, Oh, you're a minister. Now I view you totally differently. Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny. I, I grew up, my, my father started a business that he was a business consultant for, the majority of my life. And I never, ever, ever knew what that meant ever. And what I'm really coming to the point that if I say I'm a consultant, people will just stop because like, yeah, they, they're, they really don't care. Right. That's a good (laughs) one. They really don't care what follow-up questions. It is a good one. It is. But I mean, I, I, I think it is human nature. I mean, I think this goes back to our, you know, we usually have that first question as a fun throwaway, but like, it's human nature to be envious of what our neighbor has, mm-hmm. which is why it's a commandment to not do it. Right. Like <laughs> it's, it's yeah. just the most natural thing in the world. And what I found with, even with my, my religion, my nature is I found the beauty that every time I was envious of someone else or something else, I knew I, I could come back to, I could come back home if you will to my church, my denomination, and I could find the beauty there, you know, and when you can't anymore, it is time to move on and Mm -hmm. it is time to do something else. Um, Honestly, Ogan, my, my heart aches for your friend, right? Like I want him to have that community. I want him to have those things. And I, and I wish that there were more opportunity out there for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, that kind of stuff scars you. 
And, yeah, and it it's lonely. Life is lonely. It, it, you know? it, it, well, it that's is. the thing. Yes. And I try to tell people that all the time. Like, religion isn't just for older people, but it absolutely is for older people because it's, the end of life is hard and we are here for you. And if that's what I do forever, if I just help older people go through the end of life, I'm fine with that. I really am. It is a good service that we provide. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, and uh, I don't, anyone watching the clock? I don't even know how long we've been doing this. Feels like we've been here forever. You, you got any, uh, <laughs> got any pastor poor or what? Uh, no, no. We haven't done that in like six weeks. We're due for I, a pastor. I, I got to ramp myself back up from vacation. You know how it yeah. is with me. I go, I go slow. No, but, but that last question you have about, religion ever becoming obsolete yes i think is is a fascinating one i mean given given how the trend how we're trending right (laughs) right more people not um and and i think i think uh you know religion in terms of an organized sort of you know set of beliefs dogma practices um it it may it it may i don't believe the belief in something bigger than ourselves is ever going to be obsolete right um and um and to to refute what i just said as long as there's there's always going to be this belief in something bigger than ourselves i think there will always be people gathering to talk about it and i mean if you want to call that church spiritual gathering the pub theology whatever you want to call it i think there will always be um dialogue around that and and Plug, plug, plug from my book. That, that's the whole premise of the last chapter of my book, <laughs> which is about, you know, the, the, church, of the, the church of the future. That nice. when, we, when we start becoming cyborgs and can transplant our consciousness into these, into, you know, robotic forms and we, and we kind of literally never die, you know, then what use will we have for religion as a worship in God? Because now, now we've become God. Um, so for me then it becomes not so much about worship of God, but, 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 but truly worshiping of, of our spirit essence, because, because this physical form will mean nothing. Um, so it almost church, church becomes almost human focused um, rather than divine God of their focus. Um, so I said that and everyone pretty much who read that chapter lost their ever loving mind. And, <laughs> and, I had, a, I had a lot of Unity people upset with that chapter. Oh my Uh-oh. god! <laughs> and I was like, I thought you guys would be the ones who would be into this. They're like, nope, nope. How can you say that? How can you call yourself a Unity minister? Oh, say one man. day you won't believe in God in church. I'm like, why are you upset with me? Nietzsche killed God a long time ago. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> nice. I think I think it's a very privileged thing to no longer need God, to no longer need something beyond ourselves. Sure. And so as, you know, Jesus said, there will always be poor with you. And as, as, as long as there is always someone in need of saving, there will always be a need for religion. And, and right now that battlefield may be on the people with the most money, to be honest. Right. Like, um, but that appreciation for, I need some, I need to know that there's something beyond this hard. I need to know there's something beyond this day. Yeah. Um, and as long as that exists, whatever religion may look like, right. Yeah. Whatever, whatever church may look like, there will be a need for that. It will be, it will always be community. 
will always be there will always be a need for that and and i really do like we can our the stone buildings can fall and everything else but the need for people gathering together is the presence of god will always exist yeah connect connecting beyond that which we can see in front of us connecting with something deeper that's i i do believe that will always be there um it, it may be the same thing we, we talk about now, 300 years from now, it may be something else, but, but that, that deep need um, is always going to be there. So I don't know, but, but, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting. That's mm-hmm. why I need this technological singularity thing to hurry up so that I can be around <laughs> to witness it. I really, I'm really excited about that, y'all. I want to. I want to be one of the first people. Well, maybe I want to. Maybe I'll be a beta tester, not an alpha tester. But when they can do the implants and I could port my consciousness, I'm I'm on board. Yes. So speaking of that, um, maybe I should save this for the post show. But uh, I had a dream the other night that uh, we found some old photos of mine, and then we dug a little deeper, and there was a body that was me when I was 20 and somehow my consciousness had been put into my current body and here was 20 year old me and then it sort of became half alive it was really strange was this before or after you walked off the building <laughs> I really need you to go to therapy Brian I really need that to be my birthday present from you <laughs> I'm not even kidding it was like this whole thing and we were like hanging out with it and we're like it's kind of weird though what can it do and let's I'm end like, the show oh. and then let's unpack that dream a little <laughs> we're going yeah. sideways check, check the pre-show for brian's tales about walking off a building i think that was pre-show right i don't even remember this i don't even actual, remember either the actual show i don't even know oh my goodness Woo. oh take a deep breath oh well thank you friends for tuning in to Pup Theology Live. Uh, you can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes, and you'll never know what you get when you tune in. We'd love you to rate us we, on we iTunes. Don't, we don't know, and we're here all the time. <laughs> this, I've just sunk the ship. I can just see that. I, I just, just, I love how it started out in pre-show. It's like, Ogan, like, Shannon, do you have senioritis? And like, clearly everyone has senioritis today. <laughs> we are just off the charts here. If you rate us on iTunes, that'll help others find us and let us know what you think about the show. So please give us some stars over there. And of course, then again, wait for another episode to do that. I think yeah, that yeah, would be a good idea. I, I mean, if this isn't five star, if this isn't three star material, I don't know what is. Uh, and if you want to watch the fun, you can do that on YouTube or IGTV. And if you'd like to find a pub theology gathering in your town, uh, they are all over the country and beyond. You can check out the official directory at pubtheology.com. And if you don't see one, check out some resources to help you start your own. And don't forget to show your support for the show by becoming a sponsor on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. Until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I shared that. <laughs> you know yourself best, but I think you really, really need to do some back in the stuff. Okay? I don't know what's happening today. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, by all appearances, things are going okay for you, but you said some things today that is really, you know, we, we kind of really are going like, uh. Under the surface, we just wonder what's really going on. Yeah. All right, so how many, wait, wait, wait. So you were somewhere, you found a 20-year-old body of yourself. Yes. That was half alive. Yes. Like it, it could... It could kind of walk around and, and do, I don't think it could talk, but it could kind of do some things. And, and that's, that's, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a middle age. That's a, and then they, here's my interpretation. It's, it's the middle age you maybe finally beginning to entertain the letting go of the youthful you. That maybe that's it. That's it. And then they took it away to this place to be tested and it was in some lower level of a building. And then they consulted MacGyver, original MacGyver. Of course. And he was just about, but he's like, I don't believe that's real or that's not a real thing. And we're like, no, really, you got to check this out. And then right before he got to meet the other me, I, my alarm went off. And I woke wow. A lot of stuff going on in there. <laughs> See, Why? I was going in the opposite direction of like, Brian, do you need to read? connect with your youth. Ah, I don't know. It's your youth dying and you're needing to reconnect with. Well, I, I, I think- Do you need to buy a motorcycle? Is that what, would that help? It, it, it helped me. Sports car? Hey, it's my birthday Help on me. Saturday, so I need to buy something. <laughs> there, there you go. I'm thinking of selling the bike this year if you're interested. Um, so um, it just, it's just not getting ridden a lot. Especially yeah. Well, you're in Massachusetts. Uh, well, there's that, and then I yeah. move down and you have into a Boston. Miata. Um, and I got the Miata. So yeah, you the bike gets the, the wind bike's, anyway. The bike's not getting a lot of riding. Flows uh, through your uh, hair. Oh wait. <laughs> went through my hair. There are times I want to get a wig and wear it driving me out of just. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Just to have the experience of wind. <laughs> wind I want to see the dash so, cam. So what bet can we have to make you get a wig and do? Yeah, that's not gonna happen. I want to see it. That's so good. Brian, Brian well, you have news though, right? Like you won a bet, didn't you? Oh yes. So uh, my basketball team was playing uh, the University of Florida to see who would go to the Sweet Sixteen, and Michigan won. And um, our friend Charles from a Jew and a Gentile walk into a bar podcast uh, bet with me that if uh, Michigan won, they would have me or us on their show and if michigan yeah, I didn't get clarification about that and if florida won then we would have to host them on our show uh but of course hail to the victors valiant and uh, the gators lost so i don't know i guess one or several of us may get an invite to their show i feel show. like it should just be one big joint podcast and we'll yeah, that'd be fun I don't, there. Any, there. I don't know there were any clear winners in that bet right there yeah right <laughs> like <laughs> Like, no hey, say, if Charles. you win, you get more work. If I win, I get more work. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Charles drinks some good bourbon and whiskey, and he smokes a good cigar. So he I'm does. Sure. And once we go later, you know, I can I can do liquor. You know. There we go. There, there you go. But seriously though, man, Brian, get get talk so, to somebody. All right, all right, guys. I'm out. See ya. We'll catch you later. <laughs>